0: So uh, we're back to a series we started earlier this year, uh, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? We want to connect with uh, uh, the real Jesus. And uh, again, I want to thank you for uh, being here on site or online uh, this morning. Uh, I want to connect with the real Jesus, not the Jesus that other people uh I don't want to settle for somebody else's ideas of who Jesus is. I don't want to settle for my ideas, although I think my ideas are pretty good. Hmm. Everybody else does about think their ideas are good. Not necessarily mine, but they think their ideas are good. We all have our own ideas about who Jesus is, but the truth is we need to know about who he really is to connect with who he really is. I, I believe we are created to connect with Jesus and who he really is Uh, and every one of us uh, wants to connect with Jesus in a relationship that will shape our lives for the better Uh, we might use different terms Uh, we may not even realize that what we're looking for is a connection with Jesus Uh, but I think our spirits are designed and created to connect with Jesus and we won't be satisfied until we do. So, we are uh, in the middle, of, uh, or actually, we have two weeks left. We're studying some of the statements that Jesus made about himself. He made some statements about I am, uh, expressions uh, built off of the name that God gave to Moses. Clear back in the book of Exodus, when God introduced himself to Moses at the burning bush, I am who I am. Uh, Jesus took that name and used it several times in the Gospel of John to introduce himself to people. And so we're studying those statements about who Jesus said he is. Uh, Because if you really want to know who a person is, you need to look at who they say they are. Uh, If you want to know a person, you need to hear what they say. About who they are um, and as part of that today I want us to ask the question what does it mean for for you and for me what does it mean for when I say I follow Jesus what what does Jesus expect to shape my life and he answers that in John chapter 15 now John chapters 5 13 14 15 16 and 17 Well, 17 is not really addressed to his disciples. 17 is the really long Lord's Prayer. Some people call it the real Lord's Prayer. Uh, What we often call the Lord's Prayer is actually the prayer he taught his disciples. Um, 17 is the the prayer Jesus prayed the night before, the really long prayer Jesus prayed the night before he was crucified. Uh, But 13, 14, 15, and 16... Are an expanded uh, record of his conversation with the disciples the night before he died that John shares with us. And in John chapter 15, Jesus gives us one of his I am statements. And he shares it with us in John, what we call John 15, verses 1 to 17. He begins by saying, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that will be even more fruitful now I'm going to do things a little differently this morning just so you well you know those of you who have known me for a while know that I do that every once in a while just because I don't like to be predictable. So I'm just going to read a little and then talk a little and I'm going to read some more and talk a little more. and That's just the way I want to do it today. Uh, so Jesus says, well, I am the true vine. Uh, this was not a surprise. This was, a, well, it would have been a surprise to the disciples. This was not a picture, though, that was unusual for them because the people of Israel had been addressed by God, through the prophets, the Old Testament, Jewish prophets, multiple times, they were, Israel was called God's vineyard. Uh, However, it usually was not a compliment. Uh, Most of the time they were called wild, useless, unproductive, weed infested, useless. Did I say that? vineyards.
1: You're, you're the vineyard that I
0: planted and tended and got nothing out of. You're the vineyard that I tended and cared for and you gave me no grapes, no fruit. You gave me plenty of weeds and troubles and headaches but nothing else. That was yeah, the primary message of the prophets. You, you're, you are the vineyard. You are God's vine. And a pain in the neck so Jesus says I am the true vine Uh, I am not the pain in the neck and God he says my father is the gardener and one of two things happens to the vine it is either the branches are either cut off because they don't produce grapes or they are pruned because they do Both sound painful. Well, the good thing about vines is that they have no nerves. There are no, there's no nervous system in the vines. So that, there's not. So let's let's ask this question: What is fruit? What is the gardener looking for? Uh, and. It, this may be an oversimplification, I but I'm not, yet yeah, so I'm not going to necessarily fight people over this. But I, generally speaking, it, we probably could go with the Apostle Paul when he said, "The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control." The fruit that God looks for is love, with all these. Aspects, peace and gentleness, etc. Now this is, this is a true statement about Christians, and this is a true statement about grapevines. You will not get this year's fruit off of last year's branches. This, the pruning process is an ongoing thing. God prunes us to help us reach our full fruit-bearing potential. Uh, We have to surrender as individuals. We have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And we mature into a blessing and a channel, uh, a, a source of love for other people. The pruning process involves renewing our minds. We are broken people, born and raised in a broken world. And by broken, I mean we have not the faintest idea how to love each other. Now, I know there's going to be some people arguing with me about that, and you already started in your mind, Oh, yeah, I know how to love people. You and I do not know how to love people like Jesus loves people. We know how to love people who love us, as long as they love us, usually, as long as it's convenient, it doesn't cost a whole lot. Well, what do you mean by that, Mark? Well, as you're going to see, Jesus puts a standard for loving each other as his, as his, his standard uh, and, and the standard is sacrifice. We are not, we are, it does not come natural for us to sacrifice for other people. We have to learn to obey him and to retrain our minds and to retrain our hearts and to learn to act and think like Jesus, to love like Jesus. For Jesus love isn't merely a feeling. It is an action. It is a verb, an active verb, not a feeling verb. And we get there by spending time with him in prayer and by studying his word. So he says, I am the true vine, my father who is the gardener. Any branch that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts it off. Any branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. He says, you are already clean, or another way of saying that, you've already been pruned because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the bond. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I have kept this in my office for many 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 years how many years Mark? many 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 okay I'm not going to reveal the age uh, uh, well I'm not going to reveal which one of my nieces and nephews I'm talking about so it's not one of my kids that I'm talking about but I made this while visiting uh, a niece and a nephew When they were both in elementary school and they are both now in their 40s Decades I've had this This is what a branch that's disconnected from the vine. This is about as good as it gets You can twist it into a circle and maybe if you really want to you can put some decorations on it christmas time, you know put some ribbons on it fall and put some leaves on it the summer put some dandelions on it I mean, what else are dandelions uh, this is it except it's been hanging in my office for decades and i'm tired of it Thinking about a bonfire. I am the vine, Jesus says in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus Jesus is really blunt. Uh, Okay, now, one of my devotional writers put it this way. This is the piercing clarity of God's word. Piercing clarity. Blunt. Uh, so, then he goes on to say, actually, we can do something apart from Jesus. We can do a lot of things apart from Jesus. It just won't amount to anything. It will amount to nothing. We can pray like crazy until there are goosebumps on our Goosebumps. We can have perfect attendance pins. Some of you, may, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But we can have perfect attendance pins that go all the way to the floor and then come up around and come back down again. We we can we can give until they've named six different church buildings after us. We can do all kinds of stuff, and if we're not connected to Jesus, it's a pile. Of rubbish no wait a minute it's nothing it's a vacuum it's nothing it's not even a pile of trash Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing of significance, nothing. You can do a lot of things, perhaps. It may look really important. But it isn't. Uh, I'm a doer. I mean, that's not my main, my, 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 the main part of my personality is talking. Ask all of my teachers. Okay. But the second part of my personality is doing, I like to do things. And I've always found it frustrating uh, that Jesus would say this. Part from me, you can do nothing. you know, you gave me some talents yeah, but apart from me you can do nothing you you gave me some gifts and abilities yeah, but apart from me you can do nothing but yeah you're God, you don't know what it's like to have somebody tell you that now I'm just letting you in on a little argument I've had with Jesus, none of you have ever argued with Jesus and so you don't know what that's like so (laughs) oh maybe you have but this is what happens when I argue with Jesus. Uh, one day I was reading in the same book, the same gospel, the Gospel of John. I'm reading through the Gospel of John, and I I I, I, I run across this statement from Jesus: "I can only do what I see my father doing." What? I can only do what I see my Father doing. Now, it's as if, I'm, now I don't know what happens when you argue with Jesus, but this is what happens when I argue with Jesus. He brings these things to my attention, and then I hear a chuckle. Oh. <coughs> what do you think of that? Oh. <coughs> So you do know what it means. Even though you're the son of God. Yes, even though I'm God the son. I know what it is to be human. Remember? That's what it means to be. The son of man. Mary's son. Jesus of Nazareth. So when I tell you, you can do nothing apart from me, I know exactly what it means, and I know exactly how it feels to be totally dependent on my father. Okay. I'll shut up now. That's good, Mark. Thank you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes, sir. It goes on in verse 6 and says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Oh, remember, I said I was thinking about a bonfire? If you remain in me, Jesus says if my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples I want to pause here because we sometimes We sometimes stop right after verse 7 and we don't connect it with verse 8 which is a mistake Uh, How do we show that we are Jesus followers at first glance it might appear that We, we want to say God answers our prayers. He gives us whatever we ask for. I Don't think that's what he said We need to dig a little closer and look a little closer dig a little deeper I think the answer to the prayers is a byproduct of what it means to be Followers of Jesus I know, it's a little little unfair because I'm going to go back a couple of chapters earlier in this conversation. In chapter 13, Jesus said to his disciples, I give you a new commandment. By the way, he's about to repeat the same thing. So, hang on. He says to his disciples, I give you a new commandment to love one another. Just as I have loved you, There's the standard. You also to love one another. Everyone will know that you are my disciples. Okay, here's how they're going to know, right? (laughs) Everyone will know that you are my disciples by this. If you tell them how they're supposed to live. No, that's not what it says. For those of you who are wondering where I'm at, I'm in first in John chapter 13, verse 35. If you want to look at it and see what it says for yourself, because I'm going to throw some things that aren't in there first. Uh, they will know you're my disciples if you tell them what you're against. Nope, that's not what it says. They will know you're my disciples. If you vote for, pick the party. I have heard of every party just about imaginable in my lifetime. So uh, you can pick whichever one you want. That's not what he said. Here's what he says. That everyone will know you are my disciples by this. If you love one another. And he's about to repeat those same ideas to, to his followers. It, his followers are to stand out because they love others just like Jesus loves them. And answered prayers is kind of the byproduct. Verse nine. This sounds very familiar to what I just—very similar to what I just read from chapter thirteen. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Okay, how do we do that, Jesus? It's almost—it's a, a—it's almost like He read our minds and says, oh, "I'm glad you asked." Verse ten. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commands, and remained in my love. Okay, which commands? I've told you this, he says in verse 11, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Verse 12, my command is this. Love each other, as I have loved you. Okay, so exactly what does that mean, Jesus? Like, we don't already know, but we just want to make sure. Greater love, it says in verse 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. How will we know? How will anybody know that we're His followers? Not by what we're against, it's not by who we vote for, it's not by what we say, it's not by what we do, it's not by deciding who's in and who's out, it's by loving, People like Jesus loves people. And how does Jesus love people? By laying down, sacrificing. Not demanding rights. Sacrificing rights. He goes on to say in verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose and appointed you. You might have thought, you might think one day you just woke up and decided I will to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. That didn't happen that way. You may not have realized all the stuff that happened before that, but God was working. And even if you never realize. All the things that God did before that. He at least took the first step when he created the universe so you would have a place to live. Because let's just be honest. If you don't have any atmosphere and any gravity, you're gone. So in the beginning, God created the universe. So you would have a place to live. And he can meet himself, meet you, and introduce himself to you. He always takes the first step. He's been taking the first step since before creation. He always takes the first step, pursuing us. We didn't just suddenly wake up one day and decide to follow him. He has always come after us. And why did he do it? He tells us he appointed us so that we could go and bear fruit. Fruit that lasts. What kind of fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, etc. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. By the way, this is my command. Can anybody guess what it is? love each other. <coughs> this is my command. Love each other. So what does Jesus expect to shape my life? Jesus is as a follower of Jesus. Now if, if you're not following Jesus, anything can shape your life. If you're just a good American, I expect the almighty dollar to shape your life. hmm Getting a buck is what shapes the American dream. Uh oh, I'm going to get in trouble, so I better just stop here. By the way, my email address is pastormarkanes at gmail.com if you want to tell me how long I was about saying that, because I'll be glad to write back and tell you how right I was. America was founded on money. That's the truth. Jesus expects his love to shape my life. As a follower of Jesus, he expects my life to be shaped by his love. His love is to have the first and last word in all that I do. So, sermon in a sentence. People loved by Jesus. Love people loved by Jesus. In case you're wondering there are no exceptions there are no exemptions there are no exclusions and there are no excuses Jesus loves all people you can't find anybody that's not inside the circle of God's love yeah them too well what about yeah them too well, you know. There's not a single solitary person. The meanest, nastiest, dirtiest, grungiest, grinchiest person you can think of. And the sweetest, nicest, fairest, ceremonial, churchiest lady you can think of. I don't care. See, we're not loved by god because of what we do or don't do we're loved by god because he made us we are his creation and he loves us no exceptions no exemptions no exclusions no excuses you and i as followers of jesus must love the people jesus loves period if your first thought is something like well that's impossible I have two things to say. First, good, I have communicated exactly what I meant to communicate. And congratulations, you get it. The whole reason we have to be connected to Jesus like a branch to a vine is that we cannot love people like Jesus loves people unless we are connected to Jesus and he loves them through us. And if we find it easy to love all the people we are currently connected to, we need to start getting connected to some people we aren't connected to. That sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, that was the whole point. It's the whole point. You know, I mean, the, the standard was set. We, we, we've read Philippians chapter two, verses five through eleven, over and over and over again, and I think I, we. We need to read it over and over and over and over again until it finally starts shaping us. It is not comfortable to follow Jesus. If I'm comfortable, something's not quite right. If I can't think of the last time he asked me to do something that stretched me way more than I ever wanted to be stretched. Then I need to be asking him why I stopped fucking. We cannot love like he loves without him. And we cannot love like he loves without sacrificing comfort. What do you mean by that? Okay, let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. I mentioned that, so let's talk about it. He gave up the throne of heaven and all the rights of being the king of kings, lord of lords, and god of gods to become a human being not just a human being, a slave and a sacrifice on a cross He didn't die on the cross because it was a big day at the beach. Do you get that? It wasn't even a day at the beach in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was sweating drops of blood while he was praying. Or when they flogged him and ripped the skin off his back. And here we are going, I don't know if I want to become friends with those people. They make me uncomfortable. Now, if they're going to beat the... Tar out of you, I suppose I can understand that, but even then, he said the standard is the way he loves. we got to get uncomfortable. I don't know if we're going to get the. I'm going to borrow a term from my mom. How are we going to get the gumption to do that? I don't know if that even if that's gotten up this week or not. Has <laughs> anybody heard of gumption? Some of you have. Okay, good. How are we going to get the gumption to do that? Well, as if we do that by experiencing the love of Jesus. How does how do how do you experience the love of Jesus? For is it music? Is it being in nature? Is it reading? Uh, is it uh, worship experiences? Is it being in sacred spaces? I mean, I don't know what. You need to find and discern what it is that you feed your experience of Jesus' love and feed that experience. But as you experience that love of Jesus, you need to then find ways to share it. So, practical application. Find a friend, relative, acquaintance, neighbor, or coworker to bless this week one that will make you feel a little uncomfortable begin by praying for them frequently every day okay. is there somebody this is a, this may seem like an odd question but i think it's spirit led so it's a spirit led odd question is there a friend, relative, acquaintance, neighbor, or co-worker that you would feel uncomfortable praying for? Put them at the top of your list. Okay, well, I, I don't mind praying for anybody. Well, please remember that anytime time that you start praying for people, they, Jesus ultimately makes you the answer to the prayer. That might make us a little uncomfortable. So, maybe I should reword the question. Is there someone, friend, acquaintance, neighbor, relative, or coworker, that you might be uncomfortable being the answer to the prayer for? Pray for them. And find somebody this week, to express care and appreciation for them. It could be as simple as listening to them over a cup of coffee, or tea, or on the phone, dropping them a card. Jesus said, I am the true vine. You are the branches. And I have chosen you to bear much fruit that will last and bring honor and glory. To Spirit, we need you. <coughs> Left to ourselves, we really we really gravitate toward that comfort and security. It's just like a huge magnet that we <laughs> find so hard to resist. So we ask you to Create an even greater pull in our lives, that pull to to become channels, open, flowing rivers of Jesus' love. We, we don't expect to become mighty rivers overnight. So start by making this just a trickle, maybe a little, little bit of a creek. Let your love flow through us and the life of somebody this week. And as your love flows through us, open up the channel a little wider. Because we truly do want to bear more fruit for you. We want to love more and more. You until everything you do is shaped and motivated by your love. Yeah. Well, whether you are on site or online, this is a true statement. We've met with Jesus, and just as the Father sent him. He sends us. So go. Love in his name. Amen. Amen.